Yeah, and the reality of presenting with a diagnosis, then getting the relevant scan depends on, and then the relevant treatment depends on the person doing it. You know, you might mm. have fit all the barn door symptoms. And I have people with a, a classic history of an ACL time and time again mm. who have waited 18 months, they've had some physio or they've had um, Cairo and osteo or someone seeing them. The history is clear, you know, within one minute you were playing football, you twisted, um, so I felt something go, um, tried to get up, couldn't play on, my knee was swollen. That's an ACL, and it's the same story, you know. It's like, well, everyone's heard it, but yet if they can wait <laughs> to get here. It's go time for the Athlete Fix Podcast, helping you help others win at life. Introducing your friendly neighborhood host, so every time I lecture on that, and I go every time to hundreds of physios, um, and they'll go, why do you keep saying that? I go, because every week I see five. <laughs> and oh, clearly yeah. they're, 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 they're the people get through eventually. <laughs> yeah, but they're the ones who don't go to meetings probably, the ones who are missing it. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. Well, look, um, yeah, thanks very much for, you know, agreeing to, to, to come on and take the time. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's genuine, uh, you know, when I do these things, it's a, it's a genuine, you know, pleasure. And I always uh, really appreciate it when uh, people um, uh, take the time out of their day to come and have a chat. Um, for, um, uh, just, just for, for, for those that don't know you, would you mind giving us a quick sort of introduction? So I'm a consultant orthopedic surgeon specialising in knee. Uh, my main focus is knee preservation. Um, my main passion is sports and ski injuries um, in adults, young adults, children. Mm. Um, you know, I try and use minimally invasive techniques wherever possible, you know, even from simple arthroscopy to keep my scars down to, to ligaments and mm. even through to knee replacements as a last resort when we need them. Mm. So... If I ever need to see someone, my, my main issue, my, my main mission is to um, to get them back. Yeah, there's no point in me ever doing an operation. I feel to stop someone playing sport. Mm. You know, if they go, I'll give up football. On well, then you might not need the surgery, or I don't want to walk. I won't walk anymore as much as I used to do, or I won't play bowls. Then you know, you've got to work out why you're doing the surgery. So mm -hmm. I think getting back, getting patients back to their, their, their level of um, function and care is important. That's that's what that's what I try and do. Um, yeah, and that's why I suppose one of my teachings is when I, you know, if you injure your knee, it's very different from having a worn out knee. An injured knee, where necessary, you should try and get to the top of the list of being seen. If you've had an injury, it applies to all of orthopedics. If you fall on your shoulder or land on your spine or twist your ankle badly, you know, you, if you needed something done, you probably want prompt care, prompt attention, a prompt investigation. Mm -hmm. uh, you, know, you want to be at the top of the list of being seen. But if you're worn out, like a degenerative hip, shoulder, spine, you know, arthritis of the knee, then you've got time. Mm. You know, improve, improve, improve the things you can improve, exercise well, appropriately. And, and probably stay at the back of the queue for treatment in terms mm. of surgery. 
yeah so you know i think that applies pretty much in all of trauma and orthopedics like injured history of injury get seen get quick get get appropriate treatment get to the front of the queue if you can and then if um if you've got if you've got um degeneration um or, or wearing out then you've got time there's no rush. yeah interesting i i like how you said you know about you know your mission objective being being to you know get people back to doing the things they love be that mm. sport or or uh or, or you know whatever it may be um and um yeah preserving trying to preserve uh the knee as much as possible i want actually on that note probably a good point to start because one of the questions i wanted to ask you is over the course of your your career how do you feel like, and, and I know the overarching subject of, of today's episode is kind of meniscal injuries, but maybe, you know, maybe we'll, we'll um, find ourselves going off piste and talking about other things, but how, how do you, how do you see the evolution of, let's just keep it with sort of meniscal uh, treatment from a, from a, from a surgeon's point of view, how, how has it sort of evolved? What have been the kind of significant evolutions over over time in terms of the way that you've seen the surgical profession approaching um, meniscal injuries okay so two two big things have happened i think one is um the probably the admission i suppose by the surgical practitioners in it of accepting that treating every meniscal tear with an arthroscopy might not be the best solution. Mm. Um, and still a lot of people do it. And there are clearly times when some people need a, um, a meniscal surgery and there are times when probably it was always going to be a waste of time and actually giving it a bit of time or rehabilitation or both with appropriate first aid advice would, would, would be enough with, with the right education of patients. So not operating on every single meniscal tear. And in fact, going back to what I was saying earlier, degenerative meniscal tears rarely need surgery. There are exceptions mm. and we'll discuss them. So you always, and even all the guidelines now say at least three months of, mm. of non-operative treatment. Um, with high quality rehabilitation and we should come back to the words high quality rehabilitation so I I'm mind. glad you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> so, uh, and also um, so that not operating on everyone particularly the degenerative tears unless absolutely necessary and then the other main advance is realizing the importance of meniscal repair mm. so I don't think there's ever an urgency to have part of your meniscus removed. Mm -hmm. You're going to have urgent meniscal surgery. It should be to repair the meniscus or at least an attempt to repair the meniscus. Mm. So a good example would be an urgent meniscal repair would be a bucket handle tear in an 18 year old, mm -hmm. particularly well, of any meniscus, but especially the lateral meniscus. And the aim of that urgent surgery should not be to remove the meniscus. It should be to reduce the meniscus and, 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 and repair that because we know if the, if, the knee, if the knee loses the meniscus, you're going to get degeneration as night follows day. Mm. So it'll take quite a long time on the medial side. And we all see these patients who had open meniscectomies many years ago and they present later on, you know, in the 60s and 70s with degenerative knees. 
and bow legs and all the classical patterns of having your medial meniscus chopped out. I, you drift into varus. What we do know is that if you do that to the lateral meniscus, you're going to start getting symptomatic arthritis or signs of arthritis in early as five or 10 years. Mm. If you remove a 10-year-old lateral meniscus, he may well have symptomatic arthritis by the age of 20. Okay. So preserving yeah. the lateral meniscus is very important. And even the high-level sportsmen that we see, you know, normally on a medium meniscus, you're going to chop it out, get them back to sport quicker, and they can, you know, worry about the consequences in years to come when they're retired. Plus, mm. on the lateral side, no matter how pushy the manager is or the player is, you know, thinking about that, even short to medium term, preserve the lateral meniscus. Okay. Even yeah. at the elite level, yeah. Okay. That's an understanding meniscal repair. Mm-hmm. It's important, and I, th- I think the tide is changing even within the, the knee profession. It's quite frustrating. Knee arthroscopy is something that people always, anyone can do, but actually it's getting more and more niche, and, and maybe it's no longer no longer um, for, for, the, for the general orthopedic surgeon. Yeah, and um, and with with the meniscal repair, and I, I suppose that's completely in line, you know, with what, what you're you know, you shared as your original mission objective to preserve the knees that you're looking wherever possible to opt for preserving as much of that meniscus as much as possible, especially in the younger age group and looking to try and reduce meniscal tears, meniscal repair over meniscectomies. What are the sort of factors when it comes to sort of when you, when somebody comes in to see you and you're, you're kind of having to make that judgment call about, okay, is this, is this, particular meniscal tear going to be amenable to repair what sort of factors are are, are some of the factors that are playing for your mind is it you know in terms of um you you mentioned about the uh, kind of bucket handle tear before you'd also mentioned about lateral versus medial meniscus um could you run us through maybe sort of what what your kind of thought process is uh, with with respect to that okay so has there been an injury Okay, yeah, let's start there. <laughs> okay, have there been an injury? Do you remember when you injured your knee? Did the knee have a delayed swelling? I was there blood in the knee. Mm. So one of the signs I always stick up in every presentation I give is if you injure your knee and you've got a hemarthrosis, so blood in the knee, mm-hmm. acute swelling, there are five reasons. One is a fracture, or second would be um, uh, an extensive mechanism injury, patella tendon, quad tendon rupture, patella tendon rupture or patella fracture uh, or another fracture in the knee. The third one would be ACL or other ligament mm-hmm. rupture that bleeds, yeah. The fourth one would be a large meniscal tear. And so for those who don't know, the outer rim of the meniscus is called the red zone. So that's where the blood comes from the outside of the meniscus in towards the inside of the joint and the inner margin of the meniscus is the white zone, there's no blood there. So obviously if you have a tear and the knee fills the blood slowly, because the meniscus has less of a blood supply than the ACL or the other ligaments in the knee, then by definition, that, that meniscal tear must have a blood supply. And by definition, must be a large one, i.e. extend quite, quite far out mm-hmm. to the rim. 
So a large meniscal tear, and, and the other one, the other cause is patellar femoral dislocation, as I mentioned, and the, the red herring is um, the patient who's on a blood thinner warfarin or something, they can cause mm. a hemarthrosis. Okay, yeah, interesting point. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, If they have an acute injury and blood in the knee, then it's likely they're going to have a repair of the meniscus. Mm-hmm. Um, if they've had an injury and they've got a locked knee, that means a bucket handle tear or, or, or a flap of the meniscus is trapped within the notch of the knee and therefore the knee can't extend fully. Mm-hmm. It hasn't got the clearance to do that. Um, so locked knee, an injury, blood in the knee. Um, a meniscal tear in the presence of a ligament. Mm-hmm. The best results of a meniscal tear are at the time of doing a ligament reconstruction. Uh, for a number of reasons. One is clearly it's a traumatic tear. Number two, when you do the ligament reconstruction, there's a lot of blood in the knee. You drill holes in the knee to make tunnels for these ligaments. They release bone marrow and all these other healthy um, products that are used to healing and and it allows the meniscus a, a, a good runner getting healed. And particularly because for those who rehab, ligament injuries will know it. the first few weeks are pretty tough and slow the patients aren't going hell for leather so it allows everything to to stay put and heal so meniscal tears in the presence of uh, ligament reconstructions are, are a good a, a good course to, to repair mm-hmm. um so obviously the younger the patient but i have done meniscal repairs in 70 year olds on the lateral side in particular really okay interesting Okay. Because, again, if you remove the entire lateral meniscus, it's someone who's got healthy cartilage otherwise, and some people do. You know, you're, you, why why succumb them to symptomatic arthritis earlier, particularly on the lateral side? Because they might live to 100. People are living longer nowadays. Yeah, absolutely right, yeah. yeah so, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's not, it's not age, actually. It's more is what they like. Uh, what's the state of the knee? If the knee is not too worn out, then you've got a chance. Then you're trying to preserve it. If the knee is already worn out, repairing the meniscus is futile, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so repairing the meniscus, and if the knee is stable, there's no point repairing the meniscus and leaving instability from a ligament. Mm-hmm. The meniscus will never heal because there's too much movement in the knee. Yeah. Are you generally are you generally finding is it really interesting points there typically do the majority of your your the patients you see who present with some kind of meniscal tear is that normally with some other concomitant injuries such as you know meniscal plus acl meniscal plus or or how often are you seeing sort of isolated uh meniscal tears does that tend to be the exception rather than the rule or yeah so Mainly, I suppose, with um, with something else, mm. because I don't think it's I don't think it's in my head, and it's that someone young, particularly the, the, between the ten and twenty mark, sustain a big injury to the meniscus. I I feel something else must have happened. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would a fit fourteen-year-old boy? tear his lateral meniscus, mm. right? So even when I, I've had a couple of recently from colleagues who said, oh, because I do children as well, could you repair this young boy's meniscus? I go, what's his ACL like? And, and I go, why? Well, it's normal. So I go, well, I don't believe you. And, you know, it's <laughs> because 
No, but not because from 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 experience, even the scanners look a little bit swollen and stuff. You go in and the ACL is loose. Clearly, part of it's torn or part of it's ruptured, mm. and then you end up inevitably fixing the meniscus and um, coming back and doing the ligament soon after. Or you know, if you if, if they're adequately prepped, you can plan and go. When I go in there, I know the scan says the ACL is okay. I know your, I know on, on examination it feels relatively okay, but your knee swollen and full of blood. But we should consider if we are doing that, and I go inside your knee to repair the meniscus. If I find it to be loose, mm. are we going to reconstruct it there and then? Are mm. we going to wait and see and have another discussion? You know, th- these things are all valid. Um, mm. And so, you know, the last thing you want to do is recover from a meniscal surgery brace, maybe four to six months of sport, and then go and have a ligament for another year. <laughs> oh, God, quite disheartening. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean that—that's actually a, a good point to come on to. So, when when somebody uh, presents to you um, initially, and, and maybe maybe let's just say for the sake of having a specific example, let's say they've come with a sort of history of trauma uh, and a clear mechanism. Um, what does your examination uh, sort of process look like clinically, and then sort of what? What do you what are you opting for, sort of then, imaging wise, and and potentially in danger of asking too many questions at once here? But I was just going to say that pre from say for example your imaging your MRI how 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 what degree of certainty can you normally take from that before you know kind of making that judgment call about like oh what am I expecting to see and having to do when I go in on on arthroscopy. Um, you know, with respect to like what you mentioned about the potential, somebody said, oh, "Okay, this 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 young lad's just a uh, just a meniscal tear." You're going and thinking, mm, "Well, actually, I think there's probably more to it than that." Um, and if you're having to prep for a certain you know surgeries like ACL recon, how 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 certain can you be uh, from just clinical and imaging investigations prior to um, getting a, a scope in the knee? So I'll come back on how I assess the knee in a second. Yeah, sorry, you, I think I asked too many questions at once there. No, you touched on a really good point, which is very valid at the moment, which is you said how 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 accurate or how confident can you be on clinical and a, a finding well, and an investigation? Mm, mm. So for me, clinical is history, examination, investigations, okay? So a good clinical history, a good clinical examination – and a good quality MRI, I think you could be 90%. Okay. But over the last three years, clearly since the pandemic, something's happened in terms of there's lots of virtual consultations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the NHS and in privately, some insurers are using these Babylons or, or other remote services. Mm-hmm. I think there's a few. Um, I'm not going to name any others, actually. But with with other major insurers, where you speak to a doctor or or a physiotherapist, mm. um, and sometimes even a surgeon, um, or on Zoom or on the phone, and then they order an MRI, mm-hmm. but they've never examined the patient. Mm. So that, that's a, a very so I think the the. The findings of the MRI then aren't as important and shouldn't be trusted to be the be-all or end-all. 
a good example would be the tender laterally, but they've got a medium meniscal tear. Mm. Yeah, or the tender right at the insertion of the patella tendon, I patella tendinopathy, and there's a medial meniscal tear, which mm-hmm. is degenerate, it's 50 year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you don't want to be going in and doing a minute arthroscopy there because you're still going to have patella tendinopathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's mirroring the clinical findings, and that's the history and examination. Mm-hmm. It, the history gives you a guide that's more focused with the clinical exam and either confirmed mm-hmm. on a scan. Mm-hmm. So we used the example earlier of a um, ACL. Now, this is a little bit controversial, I'm going to be saying now, but I do a lot of ligaments. And when I examine the patient, say, Jay, if you touching wood now, but if you tore your ACL. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> and, and, um, uh, if if you, I injure it after this podcast, I'll come back and blame you. <laughs> <laughs> if, um, is, you know, is, if you have a positive, you know, if you've got an effusion, classical history, as we discussed, um, and I examine you, within a minute, I'm going to be able to tell you you've torn your ACL, and I can run through the exam in a minute, and, and I'm going to get the scan. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell the patient halfway through or a few minutes into the exam that you've torn your crucial ligament. Like, How do you know that? And number one is because you told me, the patient told me that. I could tell them the history. I go, that is an ACL. Mm-hmm. Number two, you're very loose. And sometimes I'll video it for them. Mm-hmm. So I get the nurse to come in on, on, a, on their iPhone or something and video their positive Latman compared to the other, the other side. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always more visual looking at it from the side than from the examination point of view. You can feel the, yeah. the anterior yep. draw. And then, um, and a pivot shift maybe. And then the scan isn't to tell me they've torn their ACL. The scan is to tell me if they've injured the knee anywhere else. The MCL, the medial meniscus. Is there a ramp tear or a root tear? We can talk about those later if you like. Is there other things, condyl damage? What's the surfaces like? Mm-hmm. That's what the scan's for. And therefore, sometimes, maybe several times a year, I will operate on an ACL when the scan says the ACL is okay. Mm. Okay. okay. And that's, 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 so more often than not, I'll try and get someone else to look at the scan and accept it from a medical legal perspective and also to reassure the patient that okay. it's just <laughs> it's an imaging, an imaging issue or a reporting issue. But yeah, so the history is, the history is very clear. And I think on remote consultations, um, you can listen to the history and, and you can categorize patients into um, arthritis, meniscus, ligament, or patellofemoral. I think mm-hmm. that is something you can get a good grasp on on history alone. Mm. Okay. Um, and then on exams, so I watch the patients come in, see how they're walking, um, and watching their alignment actually as they walk as well. Um, are they naturally varus or valgus? Um, you know, are they, are they weight bearing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if they haven't, if they're less acute, I will get them to squat mm-hmm. before I get them on the uh, So I've watched them to see. I think squats are a very good Murray's test. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. If, if, if you do a squat, I, I often, you know, in the back of my hand thinking, even if they turn out to have a meniscal tear and they can squat relatively comfortably, mm-hmm. it's probably a non surgical meniscus for me, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get them on the bed, I look at their alignment again, check for a swelling, because that we've discussed how important that is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the most important thing is to exclude it, is get them to do a straight leg race because then you can rule out your extensor mechanism injury. The fact that they've walked in or can wait there generally will rule out a fracture, generally, um, or a displaced fracture at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so you've got two of your five big injury things. Then I will see the effusion, do the range of movement, check that they've not got a locked knee, compare, always comparing it to the good knee. Palpate the joint lines um, and then stress the ligaments anterior posterior with a Lachman test. I don't think the anterior draw is very good, actually. Mm. Um, the posterior draw is okay for PCL, a chronic PCL in particular. Mm-hmm. Do the medial lateral, and then I'll do a um, so I'll do a Lachman test and a posterior draw SAG test. Um, test the medial laterals at zero degrees and thirty degrees. And mm-hmm. A zero degree positive medial lateral often signifies a grade three injury. Mm, okay. And then I'll do a dial test. So a dial test is when the knees are together and you externally rotate um, the ankles. Are you doing that? In the pr- is the patient in prone at that point when you do the. If it's supine, dial? if someone holds the knees together, mm-hmm. or prone if someone holds the knees together, it's important because to hold the knees together for me, I think. Mm-hmm. And the dial test will normally signify a posterior lateral corner uh, injury, or it could be a very a posterior medial corner. The MCL, big MCL injury, can can give you a, a positive dial, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting and and, and 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 not often understood as well. And what do you look? What constitutes a positive on your on your dial test? What what sort of stuff are you looking for on that? So. Um, so at 30 degrees, so you, you're basically looking at the angle of the foot and mm-hmm. does it externally rotate more? If they both start at, I don't know, if you're look, they're looking at you, the toes are towards you, so that's a six o'clock position, and mm-hmm. you go around, the, you, know, you externally rotate, um, and you've got to be equal on both sides to see if one goes around the clock more, one might be pointing at four, one might be pointing at seven on the other side, so one externally rotates more mm-hmm. rather than the other side so it's an external rotation weakness mm-hmm. um and you know the posterior lateral corner just for those who need a recap is your, your lateral collateral ligament your popliteus muscle and your popliteal fibular ligament and so a positive dial test at 30 degrees mm-hmm. suggests a posterior lateral corner injury and we've discussed what those are and a posterior lateral um, and a positive dial test at 90 degrees would suggest a pcl and a plc Posterior crucial ligament and a posterior lateral corner, but always okay. beware of the of a, of a big medial ligament injury given a positive dial as well. Okay, and that in essence will, you know, uh, confirm my you know that's my final exam. So look at the patient, exclude the fracture extensor mechanism, examine the meniscus and ligaments, look for an effusion. Obviously, I've just said that, and then um, special test, dial test, um, turn the patient over. And then you can sit the patient up. Fantastic. Really, really useful um, information there. So thanks for running through that. I wanted to uh, pick up on a point you mentioned earlier, especially relevant, obviously, for um, us as physios. So we talked about you know, high-quality rehab. So from, from your point of view, what do, you, what do you like to see included within rehabilitation? Okay, so look... Um, the reason I mention high-quality rehab is that every paper that suggests that comparing meniscal surgery to physiotherapy 
is comparing this in Scandinavia papers and also uh, the ACL, isolated ACL injury, treating them non-operatively. High quality rehabilitation in these countries is very different from what we offer. Mm. It's individualized. It's not, it's, it's a la carte and bespoke to that patient. You're not going to have the same exercises as a, a young man compared to a 40 year old. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe you're not. But obviously, to 40 year olds, as fit as you, maybe you will. Okay. But um, meaning, it's, it, you know, you can't just be a, a, a Zoom call and, and a set of exercises that you've typed and printed off. Mm. Obviously, you can bespoke them a little bit with video footage of quads, etc. But hands on, regular supervised physiotherapy by the same person who you build that relationship with, but a different physio mm-hmm. every week, um, consistent, uh, someone who tests your knee um, um, outside doing the sports you want to do, you know, you know, turn to sport testing, how many people actually complete that on ligaments, mm-hmm. you know, and then also... Um, Prevention, making sure the other leg is going to go, you know, watching them land, working on their alignment and position. You know, that is high quality rehabilitation. Mm. You know, it's what we're all trying to aspire to, but we are, we're a bit hand tied in the NHS. We're hand tied by certain insurance companies in the private sector who limit how many sessions you can have. Mm. Um, you know, and then you do in- inevitably try and cut corners, sheets, generic sheets, generic exercises, generic time frames, uh, rather, rather than relying on functional milestones, relying mm. on time. Or you should be running by now at six months. You know, mm. actually, you've got Have to pass the criteria to return to run or are you just doing it on that, you know, time? But, and then for OA, that was for more ligament. So for arthritis, again, you know, it's really simple for me and I'm not a physio, so I, I don't want to upset anyone, but for me, you know, everyone, quad strength is probably one of the most important things in the injury. So you get strength, strength, strength. It's all about the quads. But you can't you can't strengthen a stiff knee. Mm-hmm. Get the range of movement back. Get mm-hmm. the knee quiet. And then strengthen the quads. Mm-hmm. So get the effusion, get the range, then get the strength. You know, it's it's pretty, I know orthopedic surgeons are pretty simple guys, but that's, that's the, that's the way we need I think to you're go. Being modest there, but no, I mean the thing is, it's I like um, that you know, the way you described high quality rehab is in terms of principles, you know, keeping it functional, keeping it um, individualized, tailored, bespoke, as opposed to, uh, and, and I'm saying this with no uh, disrespect to anyone because I think it's also uh, important that you highlight the context in which people maybe start to resort to. Cutting, dare I say, cutting corners for the sake of efficiency with constraints from from insurers, whatever it may be. But yeah, I, I mean, I wholeheartedly uh, agree. And um, and then just to sort of, I guess, summarise the last point you made is that kind of that three step process is essentially initially getting the knee calm, you know, resolving any kind of uh, effusion, restoring range of motion, and then layering in strength uh, upon that kind of solid foundation. Well, look, I think that's probably actually a really good point to finish on. So I'll just say uh, thank you very much again. And where's the best place that people can kind of um, keep in touch with what you're doing and, and all the things you're, you're working on? 
Okay, so yeah, I should have said this in my intro. So I'm a NHS consultant at Ashby and St. Peter's um, in Chertsey in Surrey. Uh, I have a strong paediatric practice there as well for, mm. for knees only and for traumatic knee injuries only. Um, I uh, work at Surrey Orthopaedic Clinic um, and we work from Woking Nuffield, the BMI Runnymede, New Victoria Hospital in Kingston, upon terms, and I'm obviously one of the uh, knee surgeons at Showing Clinic in London. But uh, SurreyOrthopedicClinic.com is my private website. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Instagram, Surrey Knee Surgeon, there's a few patient stories on there, and also a bit of revision on, on some key topics, ACL, uh, mm. PCL, tendonitis, and things like that, and what's not. What's, what's hot and what's not and what's and what works. Um, um, yeah, and that's about it. I think brilliant yeah some great definitely um definitely check out um paul's instagram uh because there's some really good uh videos um on there yeah i think i think off the top of my head i think i remember one of um you as you say demonstrating some of those side views of say positive lackmans etc i think is really you know useful to be able to you know to be able to see that so yeah thanks again paul um absolute pleasure you know, if you wanted to do, if it worked out well, and it's good feedback. Then I'm happy to do one on ACL arthritis. Absolutely, and, that'd be fantastic. And, and or patellofemoral, yeah. So whatever, they're the main. Yeah, resources. I mean that that would yeah. I mean that would be uh, brilliant. Yeah, Paul, I, I would I would love to you know, jump on again. All right, take care. Have a good take one. care. See you now. Bye. 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 bye.